Welcome to House of David Ministries. I'm Pastor Eric Michael Teitelman. Join me as we learn about the rich heritage of our Christian faith. In each episode, we explore a unique topic that will deepen your knowledge of Christ and who we are as His people. In this episode, I want to share with you some of my life's journey and how the Lord has called me to teach the Gentile Church about her biblical foundation and messianic heritage. In many ways, I feel like a modern-day Paul. Now, I never had any interest in ministry work and was just interested in pursuing my own career as a civil engineer. But the Lord had other plans for my life. So if I've learned anything in my relatively short walk with the Lord, it's that His ways are not only different than ours, but most often opposite as well. It says in Proverbs chapter 14, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And Yeshua said it like this in Matthew 10. He said, he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. And in Matthew chapter 16, he said, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So these words should stand as a shocking reality for those of us who take God's word seriously. And I believe this is what separates ordinary men and women from those who are called Yeshua's disciples. So Christianity is far more than simply believing in Christ. It's about having a personal relationship with Him. And this relationship will continuously be tested in our response to His Word and the calling the Lord has placed on our lives. Yeshua said in John 14, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. All of this proves that the Lord is looking for people that have been so perfected by his love that he has entirely consumed their lives. And God's love makes his call on our lives something profoundly internal and inescapable. So we could try to flee and run away like the prophet Jonah, but we will never have peace in our souls until we rest in his perfected will. So despite my apprehension towards ministry work, the Lord began to open doors for me to serve in the church. Now, at first, these invitations were small, attending a men's fellowship, sharing a testimony, participating in a Bible study, joining a prayer team, or helping out with praise and worship. And as I responded, these invitations grew and expanded rather quickly. And before I realized it, I was teaching whole congregations about profound spiritual and theological truth contained in Scripture. For example, teaching about the feasts of the Lord, the kingdom of God, and how the Gentiles and nations are grafted into Israel. Now, my Jewish lineage and my time growing up in Israel, studying in the Hebrew language were indispensable, and the Lord certainly used this to his advantage. So in contrast to my prior experience with the Gentile church, I was now discovering a new group of Christians who loved the Lord and his people, Israel. And they were hungry to know more about their spiritual heritage. Most of these holy men and women were seemingly invisible and hidden from the larger assemblies of everyday Christians. They're like a golden thread woven into a beautiful tapestry of many colors. And this one thread could not be seen except by the most discerning eye. As much as I longed to see my people saved, it was evident the Lord was calling me, like the Apostle Paul, to preach and minister to the Gentiles. So Paul and I shared much in common. He and I were both students of rabbinic Judaism. We both held dual citizenship with Israel, and we were both bilingual, speaking Hebrew and the international language of the day, which then was Greek, and of course now it is English. 
Interesting, when I first started reading the Bible, I did not immediately read any of Paul's writings. Instead, the Lord had me focus on the Gospels, the Book of Revelation, and the Old Testament prophets. I also studied the books of Moses and the history of Israel from Joshua through Nehemiah. But it was only after reading the Old Testament that the Lord led me through Paul's letters to the Gentiles. And on this journey, two things became apparent. First, the Lord wanted me to understand the Messiah from a Jewish and Hebraic perspective. And second, the Lord wanted me to break away from any of the religious strongholds from my Jewish Orthodox upbringing. Now, Paul is probably the most hated figure by the Jewish people in the New Testament right after Yeshua. He is blamed for having not only established Christianity as a separate and antagonistic religion to Judaism, but he is blamed for creating a doctrine that promulgates hatred and anti-Semitism toward the Jewish people by turning Christians against the law of Moses, including circumcision and the oral traditions of Jewish law that are narrated in the Talmud. In their minds, Paul was the worst of the worst. He was a self-hating Jew. And so when I began to read his epistles, naturally I approached them with some skepticism. But what I discovered was quite the opposite. Paul loved the Jewish people so much that he wished he could be separated from Christ for the sake of their salvation. He said in Romans chapter 9, For I wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh. And the Lord gave me a more profound understanding of the scripture. He showed me that Paul was not asking to be accursed by Christ, but was asking that he be separated the way that Christ was separated from the Father when he was crucified. Christ hung on a cross and was cursed, separated of God. But through this act of obedience, Yeshua's sinless body became our sacrifice for sin. So what Paul was saying was that he wished he could be separated from Christ the way that Christ was separated from the Father, so that his body could become a living sacrifice for Israel, a living example of what Christ did for the Jewish people on the cross. Now, Paul sternly warned the Gentiles not to boast in any way against the Jewish people or construct their own theology about God's plans and purposes for them. These warnings should be enough to bring godly fear upon any sensible person who would dare come against the Jewish people. But Paul also loved the Gentiles with equal burning passion and zeal, and he continually reaffirmed to them of God's immeasurable and unfailing love for them in Christ. He wanted the church to remain focused on this love. And I saw this love demonstrated firsthand in the lives and testimonies of the Gentile Christians I had met over the years, even during my time living in Israel. But I had not yet learned how to love the Gentiles as I knew God did, or even Paul did. On April 6, 2008, the Lord gave me a dream where I was sitting with several other men in Yeshua's royal chambers. The walls of the building were made of carved stone. We were seated high up in the heavens, and there was a window looking to the east, and all I could see was blue sky and pure white clouds below. Yeshua was standing at a table, unveiling different scrolls and teaching us about the kingdom. I stopped him at one point. I said that I had a question. My voice and demeanor were childlike. He turned to me with loving eyes and began to answer what became a series of questions. His full attention was devoted to me, and he never displayed any sense of impatience. Yeshua moved from his table to his royal bed, and he sat upright, propped against a pillow. I was crouched at the edge of the bed, my head resting on his chest, and my eyes gazing up at his face. There was such love in his voice. I had one final question, which is actually the only one I remember. 
What about these Gentiles, I asked. He paused and responded, These are the righteous ones who travel the paths of the earth. I sensed that they were both kings and priests, sent from place to place to bring people to the Lord along these righteous highways. He said, They will pay homage to us and they will serve us. I knew that he was speaking about the nation of Israel. And then he said, But the sons of righteousness must learn to serve all. Yeshua was reaffirming his words from the Bible, Matthew chapter 20. It is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. I looked at him and said, I want that kind of spirit, and in that moment I knew that I'd been called to serve the nations. He looked at me, reaffirming my request, and said, there's just one small part that we will still have to work on. And I knew that he was speaking of himself in the Father. And as he spoke these words, he reached his hand into my heart and tickled it with his presence. And I awoke and felt his peace in my heart. I was beginning to understand more of God's heart for the whole world, which I knew included Israel, but was not exclusive to her. There was a much bigger picture the Lord was showing me of his prophetic plans for all of creation. On one hand, I could see the Bible was clear about God's love and purpose for Israel. But Paul wasn't writing to Jewish people. He was writing to Gentiles, who now being grafted into Israel became partakers and sharers of the same blessings and covenant promises in Christ that were initially for Israel. And just like Paul, my heart was burning in agony for the salvation of the Jewish people. Oh, what a calling and destiny we have in our lives. If only my family members could realize this. Except for one distant cousin and now my sister, Gabriella, my whole family has continued to reject Yeshua with a seemingly irrational animosity and hatred towards him. Yes, the church is riddled with anti-Semitism, but my family's adverse reaction to Yeshua was beyond rational thinking. It was spiritual. As I continued studying the writings of Paul, he made one very profound statement when he said in Romans chapter 11, Through their fall, To provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Paul was restating what Moses had already spoken to the nation of Israel. And this scripture was the key to understanding my family's rejection of Yeshua. But it was also the key to understanding why the Gentiles had taken center stage in the delivery of the gospel over these past 2,000 years. Because of Israel's idolatry and their eventual rejection of Yeshua, Israel has become blind to her Messiah and missed her calling to be a light to the nations. God has now turned his face towards the Gentiles and given them the gifts and callings that were originally for Israel, so that the Gentiles would bring the peoples of the earth into the kingdom of God. However, this season is temporary until the fullness or the full number of the Gentiles have come into the kingdom, as it says, in Romans chapter 11, and so all Israel will be saved, as it is written. The deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. I now understood why the Lord was expanding my ministry with the Gentiles. And as challenging it has been, this is my calling, to be a modern-day Paul. And I've now also come to understand that Israel's destiny and salvation for this season has been entrusted to the Gentiles to provoke Israel to jealousy. While the Jewish people, by and large, have rejected their Messiah, 
I also see that the Gentile church has in large rejected the Jewish people. These two branches have been wedged apart, but my ministry calling is to help bring these two back together as one new man and one people of God in Christ Yeshua. I know that when the Jewish people return to their Messiah, Israel will be resurrected from the dead. And this resurrection will not only bring life back to the church, but will bring his life to the whole earth, ushering in the kingdom of God. It will be the Gentiles who will largely rebuild Jerusalem and restore God's heritage, which is Israel. Christ is returning to the Mount of Olives to establish his earthly kingdom in Jerusalem amid the Jewish people, along with those of every nation, tribe, people, and tongue whom the Lord has grafted into Israel. Amen. If you have enjoyed this teaching from House of David Ministries, make sure you subscribe to our channel and don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. We pray the Lord richly bless you and we look forward to having you join us again for our next episode.